If you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn over to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Matthew 24. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear and let every heart be receptive. We thank you, Lord, that as we approach your word, we do so reverently. Father, we thank you that your word feeds us today, strengthens us today, and shows us the way that we should walk. And Lord, today we purpose to not just be hearers only, but doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone say this, I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. You know, I'm going to say this. I just, I've really been um, stirred up this week. Uh, a minister that I was, I was listening to, he was one of my Bible school instructors some 30 years ago. And it is 30 years ago now. And, uh, but one of the things he was talking about was James 1, about looking into the mirror of the Word of God. And the Bible says in verse 22, but be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only. And one of the things he talked about, especially um, people, I'll say in our circles, what I mean by our circles is people that are used to hearing the word of God being preached, taught, what we call the word of faith, which is actually just the word that, that Paul preached. The word of faith is not a denomination. It's, it's what the word of God is. Amen. <laughs> you can't be saved without what's called the word of faith. Because he said, the word of faith which we preach, that is, you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That's all the word of faith means is you believe in your heart and you, you confess what the word of God says. That's the way you get saved. But one of the things this minister was saying was, is how we have become professional listeners. And we, we now I, I will tell you, I love to feed on the word of God. I love to listen to the Bible. I love to listen to podcasts and, and good preaching. And it's easy to just, you know, okay, just like entertainment. Oh, that was good. Let's listen to another one. Let's listen to another one. And, and with sometimes people do that with no intent of ever putting it into practice. But, you know, it's not the, the hearers of the word that are blessed, but the doers. Do you know what the rock was when Jesus was talking about those hearing the word? Do you know what the rock that they built the house on, what that was? Some people say Jesus. Well, no. In that instance, what the, the rock was, was the doer of the word. So if you're just a hearer, he said that, that your house is going to be on sinking sand. But if you build it on the rock, that means that you listen to his words and do it. In fact, what did Jesus say? If you love me, keep my commandments. So I just want to encourage you today as we... Just like any service, as you listen to the Word of God, be thinking, how can I put this into practice into my life? What can I do with this? How can I operate in this on a daily basis? So Matthew chapter 24. Now let's read in verse 1. Where my page, all of my pages are stuck together in this Bible. Okay, even the New Testament. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be here left one stone upon another. 
that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So in studying end times, one of the things we realize is Jesus, they actually asked Jesus three different questions here. And we're not going to get into these three questions. And he, he goes through this whole chapter answering those three questions he asked. About, about, Lord, what shall, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming? And what about the end of the world? But Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now we're going to go on reading in just a moment. But he says, Take heed that no man deceive you. I believe from the word of God, we are living in the last of the last days. If you, if you read on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached a message and he even was quoting Joel and he, he said that it was the beginning of the last days. Now that was 2,000 years ago. So if 2,000 years ago was the beginning of the last days, where does that put you and I? In the very last sliver of time before the return of Jesus. And so in this day and age that you and I live, we live in such a, not only an age of information, but such misinformation. Where the media controls what you, what you know and what you get. Now you can, you can go back to all these different things from many, many years ago. Um, Operation Mockingbird was the, the kind of the start of some of that, where, where media was, was uh, controlling what people knew. And what, what they know. And so <laughs> it's amazing how whole countries are, are controlled by what the media allows in there. And, and different countries know things about America that Americans don't know. And so, <clears throat> you know, in that kind of area, lies are heralded as the truth. You know, yesterday, my son took a photo of me. He put me at the Eiffel Tower. In, in another country, you know. And, you know, AI can put you anywhere. And, and he, he took, now I will admit my head was a little bit like, kind of like, like this, you know. But I, I was in an airplane somewhere too. And he had me standing up in, with this, I was an astronaut. Yeah, that was an astronaut. So things are not what they appear to be. If you see that Pastor Will's at the Eiffel Tower, it's not true. If you see that I was in space, that's not true. But, you know, that's the way, that's the way things are, are nowadays. And, you know, they can even do that to where, you know, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, one of the things that you see, and I know it's happened in Florida and different places, but, but people have, have uh, stolen people's kids and, and then make phone calls and try to, you know, get a hold of and say, um, you know, Dad, please do this, this, and this. And then five minutes later, they get the call from the real child and say, are you okay? Well, of course I'm okay. All that was AI. All that was people trying to. So they said, you know, you need to get code words with your kids so that you know, you know, this is the real deal. Yeah. This is a genuine article. Yeah. Amen. That's just the way that this world is right now. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to burst your bubble there. But 
This is such an important time that we be on our guard spiritually. To be alert spiritually. And that's why he says, take heed. So the title of my message this morning is, Take Heed That No Man Deceive You. Now, we, we, we said at the beginning that it's fun being saved. And, you know, we, we love exhortation. We love all the, you know, the, the, the good things of the Bible. And this is good too. But we have to warn people. And we have to, to tell people. You know, the Bible says things like this. Take heed. It says, beware. So that means, okay, this is good. This is this. But beware of this here. So the Bible tells us, to take heed. When we read the Old Testament, the Bible tells us about the sons of Issachar. And these sons, these boys, it said, they had understanding of the times. And I believe that we should know the signs of the times. Jesus even told the people, they say, you know, you can look outside and you can see the, the red sky, you can see this. But he said, oh, you fools, you cannot discern the signs of the times. And so we should know spiritually where we're at. <clears throat> the times and the seasons we're living in. So I want to go back to Matthew. Look in verse 4. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. And shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. Now who, who is saying this? This is Jesus saying this. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Now, you know, false prophets are something that's, that are real. And we see the false prophet in the end of times as well. You know, a lot of people, if someone believes in the miraculous, they call them a false prophet. But that doesn't mean that they are a false prophet. People that believe the word of God, that doesn't mean that they're a false apostle. But Jesus talked about false apostles and false prophets that are coming. You know, it's like one person, you know, they, they were talking about Billy Graham and said, well, you know, he's a false prophet. Well, first of all, he's not even a prophet. He was an evangelist, so dodo. And so, uh, amen. <laughs> But, you know, to some people, everyone's a false prophet. But Jesus says here, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. 
Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor shall ever be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here's Christ, or there, believe it not. Now, how many know, you know, especially the day and age when Jesus said this, there was no internet. But now with the, the, the rise of the internet, you, you, can, you can see how, you know, something can happen in, in, in five minutes, the whole world knows about it. And so you can see how this would happen in a remote area of the world. This is the Christ. I'm the Christ that people would say. And he says, don't follow them. Don't believe it. He says, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders. Insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. And he goes on talking about the end times. Now I want you to look over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians 1. In this passage in Matthew, he was talking about don't be deceived. There's going to be false Christ and there's going to be false signs. So if you know if there's false, then there's also the real. 2 Thessalonians. You know, sometimes that's, that's one problem that believers, they get scared because of the faults. But don't get scared of the faults. Just operate in the faults. Know that it's, that it's right and that it's real. Then when you see the counterfeit, you'll know it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, chapter 2, and verse 1. He says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Look in verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God remember you not that when I was with you I told you these things and now, now who's, who's he talking about? He's talking about the man of perdition, the son of perdition, also known as the Antichrist. Now, the Bible tells us there are many Antichrist spirits in the world. That spirit has been here for, for millennia. The anti-anointing, the Antichrist. 
But there shall be the man called the Antichrist who will be coming on the scene. Who he is, I don't know and I don't really care. Because the Bible says that, well, let's just keep reading. He says, and now we know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. That's talking about the church. The church is the restraining force. The church is the withholding force. Until the church is removed, the Antichrist is not revealed. But we know that when the church is gone, and that's why you see such a thing. uh, I can guarantee one of the things they're going to say is the aliens took these people away. Because especially what the way that has gone for the last several years, especially now, aliens and abductions and things like that, that, you know, they took those crazy people out of here and good riddance. You know, talking about the church. Who knows what they'll use? But he says that the church is going to be the withholder that he might be revealed in his time. So we know the Antichrist will be revealed after the church. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now keep reading here. And when, and then shall that wicked be revealed. The Antichrist, he shall be revealed. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. And shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now, some people think only the devil has power. (laughs) But power and signs and wonders originate with God. But the only thing the devil can do is twist what God has created. The only thing he can do is pervert those things. And he says here, that's why the Bible tells us, do not follow signs. Signs shall follow the believer. Believers shall not follow signs. And so the devil can do things out in this realm. And it says, after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Now listen, he says, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. That's that's who I'm speaking to today, that you're the brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. And so, in this life right now, it is a truth and untruth battle. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Shall make you free and set you free. And so that's why he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So we have to continue in the Word of God. The Word of God is our safeguard. And we also have the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, to help us. And one of the things we have to realize is this. Anything that the Holy Spirit would say to us today is going to be in line with the Word of God. 
Anything that, that he says is always going to line up with the truth of the, of, of the scriptures. So anything that you, you say, I, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, make sure that it always lines up with thus saith the Lord. Now I want you to turn over to 2 Timothy 3 this morning. So we're talking about take heed that no man deceive you. I want to look at some other signs of the times that we're living in. 2 Timothy chapter 3. The people of God need to be prepared. Second Timothy three in verse one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, as we said, we know that we are in this time, this time of the last days. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Amen. (laughs) Right in the midst of all that, unthankfulness and unholiness going together. And so he says, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. You know, the Bible talks about those that calling good evil and evil good. That's definitely a time that we're living in now. He goes on to say, traitors, heady. Boy, if we have a generation of heady people, you know, they're, they're educated at the expense of their intellect. You know, their, their, their heart. And so, he says, heady, high-minded. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. So notice, I believe that's exactly where we're living right now. Having a form of godliness. Just having a form of godliness. I mean, sometimes you, can, you think people are real godly until you, you start speaking to them. And it's like Jesus said, you, you generation of vipers. You snakes. Amen. You, you start hearing the hissing coming out. You know, it's just like, pssst, you know, just like you, hear, you listen for the rattles going on. You know, it's like, you know, like a rattlesnake or something. <clears throat> but notice here, he says, having a form of godliness, but they deny the power. From such, turn away. So I'm not saying that they, they might not be a believer, but when people deny the power of God, you, you have to turn away from that. When people are openly... Now, you know, there's a difference between uh, doing something out of ignorance. Right. You know, even the word unbelief, there's two kinds of unbelief. There's the unbelief that just doesn't know any better. 
There's the unbelief that doesn't. There was a time when I didn't know about healing. There was a time when I didn't know. That was unbelief, but it wasn't a blatant thing. But one of the other things that's really dangerous is the, the unbelief that is unpersuadable. That's the kind of unbelief that, that Jesus got mad at these people. Why? Because they, they, couldn't, they couldn't believe what he was saying. Now turn back to Matthew 24. The Bible talks about in 2 Timothy that those same people, they're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I see people like that. Always learning, always talking about something, but they're never established. So, when it says here, those that deny the power from such turn away, if you do not influence other people, they will influence you. So it's better just to, it's better to separate yourself, like the Bible says. So how do we protect ourselves? How do we protect ourselves from being deceived? Look at Matthew 24, once again. And look in verse 42. He says this, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. One of the first things that we need to do to not be deceived is to watch and pray. If ever a time when the body of Christ needs to watch and pray, to a time when being alert spiritually. You know, one of the things we look at the disciples with Jesus in his greatest hour of need, his disciples fell asleep. And many people, many people in the church world are either, or in the world, they're either dead spiritually or asleep. And that's why, why, the Apostle Paul said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So he says, Watch, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken up. Before I keep reading, think about this. When Jesus at that, that time in his life when he said, could you not watch with me one hour? Notice he said this, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Now, I think it's interesting because you could look at that a couple of different ways, but I believe the way that, that, that it's written is like, yes, you could look at it like this, watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. But it's, it's a comma in there, watch that you enter not into temptation. Pray, comma, that you enter not into temptation. By the act of you praying, by the act of you engaging in a consistent prayer life, what's going to happen is you're going to have dominion over your flesh. Your spirit man is going to be more involved and you're going to be able to put down the dictates of the flesh. Watch, and, and then what's going to happen is you're going to be able to deal with temptation. Peter, he wasn't ready. 
And that's why the Bible says that Peter followed from afar off. It's the only time it said that, and that's when he got into trouble. When he followed him afar off. But, you know, he was real boisterous about it, though. Lord, <laughs> I'll even die with you. He said, before, before the rooster crows twice, he said, three times you will have denied me. Lord, I will not. Now, when the Lord tells you you're going to do something, what, did Jesus miss it or something? No, that's, your, that's the time when the Lord tells you you're going you're gonna, to, I believe that Peter could have changed that. He could have said, Lord, oh God, you know, what, what can I do? What can I do to change it? Yeah. And he could have fell on his face. But he goes on to say here in verse 44. Therefore be ye also ready. For such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and a wise servant? Whom his Lord hath made ruler of his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant. Whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Truly I send you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming. That's what Second Peter said. You know, where, where's the promise of his coming? We've heard this before. Yeah, we've heard this in church before. He said, and he shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him. And in an hour that he is not aware of. And shall cut him asunder. And appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So as we, as we maintain a prayer life, as we are in strong fellowship with God, what's going to happen is we're going to be more equipped to deal with temptations. To be strong in the Lord. Now I want you to think about this. We were just talking about this, just sharing this with some, someone here recently. Think about prayer and fasting. Now, prayer and fasting, it doesn't change God. What it does is it changes you. But, but the thing about, I want you to think about this. When Jesus prayed and fasted, the Bible says he came out in the power of the Spirit who is the first person he met after 40 days of, of prayer and fasting? The devil. It wasn't God. After this, he didn't have some glorious staircase. He walked up into the heavenlies. The Bible says he dealt with the enemy. So don't think just because you're taking strides in God that, that all, you know, the devil's just going to give you a free um, run up the side. You can go make a touchdown and, you know, hey, you know, no one's guarding him, you know, and it's just like. It's like my son was saying about the Super Bowl. He said, he said it had to be rigged. He was wide open, you know. He just, <laughs> well, the enemy's not going to give you a, a, just a free pass. But we have the victory. But we just have to realize this and not be, you know, it's just like this. When you come out of a great victory, that's, you know, yes, you want to celebrate, but you need to be ready. Because all when you're celebrating, the enemy's he's he's planning something on the on the backside. So you you celebrate, praise God, thank God for that victory. But you're ready. You're always ready. You're always ready to war, good warfare, as the Bible says. Yeah. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Now I want you to turn over quickly to Colossians chapter three. <clears throat> 
I know this is a different kind of message than, than just a run around the, the chairs type of message, but the Bible talks about how all the, word of good, all the word of God is profitable for instruction, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Colossians chapter 3. Look in verse 7. Well, look in verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him. I'll let you find the page. As you have therefore received. Now, how did we receive Christ Jesus the Lord? Just like we said earlier, we, we believed in our heart, we confessed with our mouth. So he's saying this, just like you received Christ in the Jesus the Lord by faith, so walk ye in him. So that means that every day is a walk of faith. Every day is a walk. We walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says so many times we live by faith. We walk by faith. Then verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So one thing that, that we need to understand is this. We need to have thanksgiving along with the Word of God in our life. One thing that you'll find, you'll find some people that they love the Word, but they don't really want to praise God much. Or you find a lot of people that want to praise God, but they don't want to get into the Word. So we need to, to do both of those. That we, we are bounding in faith, we are bound in thanksgiving. But look in verse 8. Beware. <laughs> Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men. You know, Jesus said this, that you make the, the word of God of no effect by your traditions. It doesn't even have to be scriptural, it just has to be popular. And it's just your, your, what you've done from a child and your traditions. Now, there are good traditions, the Bible says. But we're talking about traditions that... That the like the Pharisees, everything was about tradition. You know, we have to wash our hands so many times a day. We have to do this. Oh, your disciples didn't do this. They didn't. I think Jesus did some things on purpose, just to irritate them. I'm not going to wash my hands today. <laughs> he said, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him. Everyone say, I am complete in Him. Which is the head of all principality and power. And he goes on talking in verse 12 about being buried with Him in baptism. Wherein also you are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God. You know, if there's one thing that I have faith in, it's in the operation of God. That when God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He raised me from the dead. He raised the church from the dead. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians, it said it talks about the exceeding greatness of His power. Yes. Do you know why? It was the, the single most mightiest thing that God ever did, even more than, than creating the worlds. Because yeah. the Bible says He spoke the worlds into existence. 
But the Bible says when, when he raised Jesus, it said that he used the arm of salvation. Think about this. The Bible talks about Jesus casting out devils. It said with the finger of God. I think about him just like thumping the devil. You know, just like, just thump that devil with the finger of God. But the Bible says with, with his strong and mighty hand, he raised Jesus from the dead. Why is that? Because he was not only raising Jesus from hell, out of hell, from the dead, but he was raising his church with him. So that was the mightiest act of God. And so that's why Paul said, he said, he, he prayed that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we may know the hope of our calling, that we'd be strengthened with might in our inner man, that we would know all these things, the, the, the great and mighty power of Almighty God. So he says here, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers. Now that's, that's a, a reference to what happened in the Old Testament. You see so many times when kings... All through history, kings would be spoiled. That means they would be conquered and defeated and they would be paraded as, as the spoil. This is, this is who we conquered. And then many times would kill them. But it said that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. And he made a show of them openly. Triumphing over them in it. And that's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, if, if, the, if the devil would have known he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> Amen. He thought we had him. You know, down there in hell, I mean, they were all excited and they were all, they're, they're thinking that, um, you know, yeah, Jesus is here. And, and, you know, some people debate about that and they wonder, well, you know, did Jesus um, go into hell? Did Jesus die spiritually? Let me just put it this way. If he wouldn't have been your substitute, then you would have had to gone to hell yourself. But he was my substitute. And the Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly. So believe, I believe before three worlds, before heaven, before hell, and before the earth, Jesus signified that he was Lord over death, that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. Now turn over real quickly. We'll finish in 1 Timothy this morning. And as you're finding 1 Timothy 4, we are complete in Him. So that's why we have to stay in Christ. We have to stay in the Word. You know, people ask this. And they say, well, you know, it, you know is there, can you be um, eternally secure? As long as you stay in Christ, you can be. As long as you stay in Christ. Shingi and I were talking about a, a minister before the service and who w was right on spiritually and had a, a huge impact, but unfortunately went a, a, a different way because he started preaching ultimate reconciliation. And basically ultimate reconciliation is, is no one is going to be lost. Everyone will be saved. Even the devil will be reconciled back. But I got news for you. There is no reconciliation for him. And, and that's why, 
You know, that's why extreme teachings on grace. I believe in grace. I love the grace of God. But you know, the Bible even says the grace of God teaches us that we're to live a certain way. To deny ungodliness and worldly lust. That we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. Uh, Titus 2, 12 through 14 says that. That we should live a holy life. And, and two things that grace will never be able to do for you. Number one, it will never receive for you. Well, you know, we're just all saved. You still have to receive that salvation. Well, you know, we're just all, um, we're all God's children. The Bible says you have to repent. It only works if you repent. Jesus didn't just come, well, you know, you know, the Bible says Jesus came preaching love and acceptance. The Bible says he came to preaching repentance. And unless you repent, you can't receive. I mean, you won't be saved. So that's, that's why, you know, it's these, these little foxes that come in and people just, the Bible talks about people that twist the word and rest or wrestle with the scriptures unto their own destruction. Amen. I, you know, I don't, one thing I don't want to have, and you're not going to have in this church, is we're not going to allow, allow itching ears to be in here. Just tell me a little something new and just, you know, that tickles my ears. Boy, that's just really, you know, it, it's that, like one person says, a fleshly itch that needs to be scratched. Well, we're not going to scratch it. We're going to cast it out. <laughs> so stay close to, to the Word of God. Stay close to the Holy Ghost. Stay close to church. Stay close to other believers. And get acquainted with the Holy Spirit. Now, 1 Timothy 4. So we're talking about not being deceived. The Spirit speaketh expressly. That means it's not just a little side thought. He, he's very emphatic about this. That in the latter time, some shall depart from the faith. Now, I didn't, I didn't go into this, but when we read 2 Thessalonians 2, you know, the Bible talks about that there shall come a falling away first. Now, you can interpret that a couple different ways, but one of the, most people just come at it from this angle and they just say that, that you know, there's going to be just like here, a falling away. But in, in that Second Thessalonians passage, what that one of the words there is departure. And except there come a departure first, then the son of man's going to, you know, son of perdition is going to be revealed. Talking about the Antichrist. So what he's talking about is the rapture of the church. But we do see that all through Scripture, that there is a falling away, and that's what he says here from the faith in 1 Timothy. He says that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, you know, you cannot depart from Dickinson unless you were in Dickinson. You can't depart from the faith if you were not in the faith. So these are not people that were, you know, unregenerate people. This is not mere men. This is talking about people who obviously had received Jesus as Lord, but they begin to, to give heed to something else. You know, the Bible talks about not giving heed to Jewish fables, to, to you know, just um, the fables of men. He says, speaking lies and hypocrisy, 
having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So that's, that's one reason why, I mean, as a believer, and I know people, most people know this, but one of the most devilish things you can ever do is tell a lie. Amen. Because he's the father of lies. And the Bible says no truth is in him. And so speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. What does that mean? Their conscience no longer is a safe guide. They can just get away with nothing bothers them. So you have to train yourself. When, 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 when something bothers you, deal with it. Repent immediately. Lord, I'm sorry that I said that. Because what can happen is it can get to the point where God is speaking to you through the PA system and you can't even hear it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I heard, a, I heard a minister saying he was in teaching class at, a, at Bible school. And, and, and this, he said that after class, he said there was a, a couple there. And uh, he said they just, uh, right after class, right by his window, just right by the car, just, he said, kissing and carrying on. And he said, man, he said, like, they, they weren't even married, you know. And um, finally he said, you know, I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather just read my Bible, you know. I just, you know. He said, but I had to deal with it because at the Bible school there was no public display of affection. And so he goes up to him and said, hey, guys. And he said, and it took him a minute to, to actually, you know, Realized someone was trying to get their attention. And, and he looked at me, uh, yeah, brother so-and-so. And, -so, and um, to my, hey, guys, this is not right. You know, the, you know, the, um, the school says, you know, no public display of affection. Are you guys married? No, but we're going to be. He said, that's the same thing as being not married. Well, you know, we're going to be. You know how many people were going to be, but they never were. Well, you know, we're married in the eyes of the Lord. Said who? You know, people just write verses as they go. And um, all these unwritten verses. So anyway, he said, um, he said, you know, guys, you, you need to, you need to um, take a break from this. He said, if it's right and if it's good, because he said, you know, things were getting heated up, you know, and they were just, you know, sitting there, you know, right there in front of his office, you know. And, and he said, um, you know, uh, he said, Are you, you guys need to take a break from this. And if you're going to be married, then there's plenty of time for, you know, things like this. And, and so he said they were kind of perturbed at him. But, but he said that it was a few weeks later, several months later, he said that young lady came back and thanked him. Said, oh, thank God. He said, you know, we were, we were mad at that, mad at you for doing that. But we just kept doing that, and we, we, just, we just took a break and said, you know what, let's just pray about it. And she said, I got a major check about it and never did get married. And that's where he said, you know, he said, you, you know, kissing and carrying on, he said, you're kissing someone else's spouse if you don't get married. And, uh, I mean, that's what it ends up being. Amen. <laughs> Amen. If you can't talk about these things in church, where are you going to talk about them? And... Um, but what he said, here's what he told that couple. He said, guys, he said, what you're doing right now, he said, your flesh is so um, riled up and excited 
that, that you wouldn't hear God if he spoke to you through the PA system. And she said that kept coming back to her. But thank God she said that they, they and they never did get married. And, and, uh, and as he went on to say, how many people have been in that boat where they, they said, you know, they would be married, but they never were. And no condemnation, the people have, have gone through that. But how much better when we do listen to the Holy Ghost? And, we, 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 and I said, said all that to say this, that we listen to that still small voice. Because one thing I, I'm confident about, and I've, even different people that I've heard about in the body of Christ who have missed it and gotten off really bad, the Lord has been faithful over and over again to send people to those people. But many times they just wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen. They'd rather great man in the healing revival. He um, now this was this was in the fifties. Brother Hagen was late fifties. He's early sixties. And um, the war, the Lord had actually warned him one time about a minister named Jack Cope. He was thirty eight years old in the healing ministry. The Lord warned him and said, go warn him or he's not going to live much longer. He died at the age of 38. And then people said, well, you know, you know, he, look there. You have um, someone in the healing ministry and they died at 38. It must not be the will of God. But how many know that you have things to play, that you have a role to play as well? And, and it's reason, the reason why is because the Lord told him he needs to judge himself in three areas. Money, love, and diet. And he didn't do it, and so he died. Well, this other man who was the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Brother Hagen, and, and he said he, he was prophesying for two hours. He said he never had an experience like that, but one other time in his life. He said it was like two of me sitting there. And he said, back, he said we didn't have reel to reel, I mean, aren't like tape players right there, but they took it in shorthand, you know, and, and wrote it down. And um, one of the things the Lord spoke to him was this. He who now stands at the, the forefront of the healing ministry in the office of the prophet shall be taken away. He shall make a false step and Satan shall destroy his life, but his work shall live on after him. His spirit shall be saved and his, his work shall follow him. And someone said, the guy, um, Brother Barry Hahn was writing it down, or, or Daryl Hahn, his dad, and said, um, is, that, is that Brother Roberts? He said, no, that's, he said, no, he's an evangelist. His brother Branham, William Branham. And so in the process of time, um, that was a couple years later, he was, he was dying. And uh, I believe he's the one that had the, the car wreck. And um, anyway, he's going up, and they, and they, they, came, to the, they, they came all up at a, a, a big voice of healing meeting that they had back in those days. And they said, you know, said he's just been in an accident. Everyone come up and pray. Brother Hagen starts to walk up there, and the Spirit of God says, don't go up there. He said, why? Because he's going to die. And um, he said, oh, yeah, I forgot. His wife sees him at, at the back and, and said, honey, what did the Lord say to you? How did you know the Lord spoke to me? Because you stopped and turned as white as a sheet. He said, well, the Lord told me that he was going to die. And, um, but thankfully, that nothing happened with the healing ministry. The healing ministry, you know, it didn't affect it or anything like that. But I said all that to say this. We have a part to play. And one of the things that happened 
is he was a prophet. I mean, preach messages on faith that make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. I mean, just powerful. I mean, the man would see the angels. Angels would appear to him and, and he would pray and marvelous healings would happen. And that was his ministry. But he was not a Bible teacher. He, he didn't know the Bible. And so he would get off trying to teach things in the Bible and would confuse the body of Christ. And so because of that, the Lord had to allow that to happen. Now, I know that's something we don't really talk about much in church. <laughs> but, but minister after minister went to him. Brother Gordon Lindsay, if you know who I'm talking about, he, he started Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas. He actually, um, he actually went and spoke to him, and, and different ones spoke to him. And he said what happened is, in that prophecy, he said, he shall make a false step. Satan shall destroy his life. And so what happened, he said, he said, I know what he made that false step. And what happened is he wanted to be a teacher. And people went to him and said, Brother Branham, you're not a teacher. Please, just stick with this. He said, well, I'm going to teach the Bible or I'm going to teach or else. And it cost him his life. So I say all that to say this. Stay in your office as well. <laughs> stay with what God calls you to do. But, but God warns us, but we have to pay attention. So, you know, the worst person to be deceived is when we self-deceive ourselves. And so, even, even as we said from James chapter 1, the Bible says when you hear the word, put it into practice. Otherwise, you're going to be a, a self-deceived person. And you know, the problem with the deception is you don't know that you are. If you knew that you were, then you wouldn't be deceived. <laughs> Amen. Say this with me. I'm a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So I won't be self-deceived. And I thank you, Lord, that I pay attention, that I won't be deceived. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you protect me, that you watch over me, and that I'm going to keep my heart right. If I'm wrong, alert me, warn me, show me. And I'll pay attention and I'll make the adjustments that I won't be deceived. But I will stand before you on that day holy and right, righteous and with the work accomplished that you've called me to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, the only thing I want to hear is, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And so that's why we, we don't want to be deceived. We, you know, here's the, here's the wonderful thing about the Lord, and I believe this to be so true about Him. And in fact, it was kind of humorous. I heard a minister say this one time. He said, if you just stay halfway in, in half-decent fellowship with the Lord, He'll show you. And it just shows you the faithfulness of God. If you're seeking God, if you're praying, it's not going to pass you by. It's not going to, you're not going to miss out. If you stay, God will send people. If, if you're getting off, God will send people to you. He'll show you. He'll, he'll warn you. 
through a message that, that you'll stay on the right path. Amen. So that's why we, we're quick to, to believe the Word of God and we're quick to repent and, and quick to stay on the path. You know, I, I want to be just like the Bible says that the path of the just is as a shining light which shines more and more even to that day. One thing I can tell you is this. When you're on the path of God, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Whenever it starts to get a little bit dark, that means that's somewhere that you got off. That's somewhere you got off the track. Just like a, 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 a railroad car. When you get off the track, what happens? You're derailed. What happens when you do that spiritually? You get sidelined. And so Paul talks about people that were on the, the basically the spiritual junk heap. Amen. But I know that God is faithful. God is faithful. Say it with me. God is faithful. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Come on, just lift your hands to the Lord this morning. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for leading us and guiding us today. Thank you, Lord, that we purpose in our hearts, Lord, to follow you all the days of our life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the spirit of truth. And I thank you that you show us between what's you and the, the errors of this world. And Lord, we want to stay close to you. And I thank you right now that you're able to keep. You're able to keep us, Lord, from falling and to present us faultless. To stand before your, your glory, Lord, holy and pure. Hallelujah. And Lord, we don't have to worry about missing it. We don't have to worry that we're not going to make it. But Lord, as we follow you, you're able to keep that which we commit unto you. As the Apostle Paul said, I know whom I have believed. <laughs> Lord, I know what I believe, but I know whom I have believed. And I know you, Lord. And I know that you're faithful to keep that which I commit. And Lord, we commit ourselves to you. And we bless you. And we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, put a hedge of protection over every person in here. Put a hedge of protection over every river member. Lord, put a hedge around their, their coming in, their going out. Lord, that the enemy cannot exact himself upon them. But Lord, the enemy shall be pushed back, shall be thrust back in the name of Jesus. And Lord, that, that, that the angels of the Lord encamp around us. Lord, like a, like a heavenly, Lord, just a, just a covering around us. And Lord, that wherever we go, a thousand shall fall at our side. Ten thousand are right hand, but it will not come near us. And Lord, even only as a spectator shall we see these things. That we'll be on the outside just seeing the things that are happening. But it shall not come near us. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We dwell in that place. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God, and you I will trust. Surely you shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise of pestilence. You shall cover me with your feathers. Under your wings shall I trust. In your truth, Lord, your word shall be my shield and my buckler. Lord, I thank you that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it. They are safe. Thank you, Lord, that there is eternal security in you. 
that, Lord, we stay in you. And, Lord, I thank you that, every, that not one person under the sound of my voice will be missing on that day. Lord, but all will stand before you with joy, with joy, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It is fun being saved. Amen. I remember being a sinner, but I wasn't a happy one. I don't know if there is a happy one. Maybe they can, you know. I was listening to Pastor Rodney this morning. He was just, um, now he says it humorously sometimes, helping a struggling evangelist, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. And so he was down in uh, Las Vegas. He said, he said, I hadn't been there in, in, since like 88. He said, when I went down there, he said, it reminded me of being in Dubai. And he said, because, he said, you would not even, he was just talking about how much money is there. But he was talking about how he felt so sorry for the people and how lost they were. Because he, he said, you know, yeah, they have lots of money, but they have no life. And he was just talking about how these people, you know, and, and uh, I mean, it wasn't like he was there, like, you know, at, at the games and the tables. But, you know, people that get involved in, you know, just trying to make a little money and just, you know, they're going to hit it and strike it rich. I mean, they stay there for hours and hours. And, and they'll stay there at 4, 5, 6 a.m. And they won't even leave. I mean, they just use the bathroom right there, you know. Why? Because they don't want to leave. And, and somebody come up, put a quarter in there and get $10 million, you know. And so they defecate right there. And you just go to the bathroom. And I mean, it's just terrible. Sick. Amen. <laughs> what In 100 years from now, it's not going to matter any of that. But that's why we have the true riches. Now, God wants to give us you know, I don't just believe, well, true riches, but, you know, Lord, you know, don't, don't give me any of this world's goods. Well, we need this world's goods. But it's not for the devil and his crowd. It's for God and his people so we can preach the gospel and then get the heaven out of here. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, have you been blessed today? Thank you, Lord. Praise God. If you're happy and you know.